This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is part two of episode 246, and it's the second part of this episode where I'm sharing another story of someone that I had the incredible pleasure of working with during the You on Fire program. April is on the show today sharing her story, and I can't wait for you to hear it. You can find all the links mentioned in this podcast, the transcript and video versions of these interviews at summerinandin.com forward slash 246 for episode 246. First, I want to give a shout out to Wee Woo Wawa who left this review. Summer is consistent in her work, her message and interviews really strong, positive women who have slowly helped me change my mindset. Thank you so much. I love hearing that. Don't forget to leave a review for the show. And thanks to everyone who left a review in the month of October and got a free copy of the book. I received so many wonderful reviews. I'm super excited to read them on the air. So stay tuned for those. And I will be reading yours if you left one. But you can leave a review by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, search for Eat the Rules, then click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review or give it a rating. Don't forget to grab the free 10 day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. And if you are a professional, that works with people who may have body image struggles. I have a body image coaching roadmap for you. You can grab that at summerinandin.com forward slash roadmap. Before we get into sharing April's story, I just want to talk about two things. First, I want to give a bit of a content warning. April does mention some childhood sexual abuse, as well as there is some more specific mentions of dieting behaviors. So if that's going to be triggering for you, then just skip this episode completely. Second thing I just wanted to mention is a little bit about You on Fire. Since April was in the You on Fire program, You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run. It's an amazing program where you receive a lot of personalized coaching from me as well as community support as well as a huge roster of materials for you to work through to help you get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Uh, I think what I love most about this program is that I really get to know each person really well individually through the coaching calls, as well as in our uh, Facebook group. And it's just like such a joy to see the transformation happen. It really happens slowly. It's not like a quick thing. It's not a quick fix. It happens slowly over time, but just 
hearing the the sort of the ahas and the mindset shifts and the you know come hearing someone come to a call and say oh my gosh I was able to do this for the first time or this is feeling so much better for me like it's just such an incredible experience to witness people learn to be kinder to themselves and really quiet that judgmental voice and end the war with their body I think that's like everyone who comes into this program says like I feel like I'm at war with my body or I feel like, you know, I'm successful in every other area of my life, but this is just the area that I still continue to struggle with. And it's just amazing to to see what happens. And it's also cool because like so much of the work we do isn't specifically around your body. It's around really cultivating your sense of self-worth beyond your appearance so that you don't worry so much about what the reflection is telling you or what all of these other external things are saying to you. For example, other people's opinions or the size of your clothing or any of those other things that we sort of rely on to tell us how we should feel about ourselves. It's really about coming home to yourself and like realizing who you are and having a strong conviction in that and advocating for your wants and your needs and and knowing your purpose and knowing your values and being present in your life and having more, more agency over yourself and we do body work as well. And the body work is really around feeling more neutral with your reflection in the mirror, with pictures, being able to do the things you want to do, whether that's like be intimate with your partner, wear a bikini to the beach. And the best part is just like the reclamation of mental space. You know, I think a consistent thing I hear from people is that they just have so much more mental space to just be and be present in their life and experience the life that's in front of them. And as we get older, it's like, you know, do we want to continue to sort of be in this place where we're spending hours a day thinking about what we're eating or how we're moving or how we look? Or do we want to move to a place where like we can have that time and space back and get to the age of 80 and be like, okay, like I am so glad that I'm not in that place that I was in 30 or 40 years ago or whatever it was for them. Because there's no going back. Like once you invest in this process, once you start to do this work, there's really, there's really no going back. Like it just, it just, you just can't turn around. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we have moments where we feel the tempting pull of diets pull us back in. But for the most part, like you're just on this trajectory now. And I can light the gasoline on that fire by helping you with that. So if you want me to be your coach, if you want to be in this group, then definitely get the details on you on fire by going to summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. And you can always just DM me and ask me about it. We can get on a phone call to see if it's right for you. And yeah, let's do this. But okay, without further ado, let's get to April's story. So again, content warning, mentions of childhood sexual abuse, as well as some mention of a little bit more specific dieting behaviors. So definitely skip this episode if that's going to be triggering for you. Otherwise, here's April's story. Hello, April. Welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be here. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is totally normal. I still get nervous when I'm on podcast. <laughs> um, I would love for you to just tell everyone just a little bit about who you are, you know, what you do, where you live a little bit about you that you don't mind sharing. Sure. My name is April and I currently live in kind of the Philly suburbs, just north of the city, right along the border of the city in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm 46 years old. I will be 47 in November in a month, actually. I 
let's see, I'm a veteran. I was in the Air Force. I was a nurse in the Air Force. I've got my bachelor's in nursing. And I'm currently, I have my master's in applied meditation. So I am currently actually teaching meditation at a retirement community not far from my house. I've been doing that for a couple of years. And I've taught meditation at other places. I write some things sometimes. and. I am a single mom to a 17-year-old boy, and I'm a cat mom, and yeah, that's me. That's nice. I, I don't think I knew that you had a master's in meditation and taught at the retirement. That's so, that's so cool. What a great job. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it really is. It's really just, you know, I just love my little group, and, you know, they really do sit and you know, through all kinds of different hardships and difficulties and transitions in their lives. And they show up and they sit and they're just, you know, it's, they teach me a lot as much as I teach them. Yeah. This makes sense now because I, I'm (laughs) getting ahead of myself, but this makes sense now because you're always so amazing at like tuning into your body. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. (laughs) So, because I was always like, wow, you're like so good at this. And then now I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've been, so I got my degree. I've probably been meditating for as long as my, I started when my kid was 18 months, two years old, I started meditating and then went back to school. So I've been meditating for a while. So yeah, it's been a long journey of tuning in to my body for sure. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. So speaking of your body, what were some of the frustrations that you had with your body before we started working together? Well, you know, I actually, I remember when I started hating my body and I started hating my body when I was eight years old. I was in a household where I was sexually abused and I lived there about a year, maybe two years before that. I don't even remember thinking about my body after that. I really started, you know, this punishing relationship with my body, with her responses. I recall when I lived in that house, the perpetrator would very often grab me around my middle especially Mm. like in public where, you know, it seemed innocuous, but it wasn't. And ever since then, I have hated my stomach, my middle. And I remember when we left that environment, I started eating for comfort. You know, I was a kid and I was trying to comfort myself. And so I would eat and I put on some weight. And, you know, at that point, you know, family would say things and, you know, people wouldn't were noticing and I, all of my frustration and need to control really at an early age got directed towards my middle, you know, and I've had years. I mean, I started going to therapy for post-traumatic stress and, and dealing with that for, I've been in therapy, gosh, on and off all different types for 20 years, but, you know, I never really addressed my relationship with food and exercise and hating specific parts of my body, really, Mm -hmm. you know, in relation to food and exercise. Mm -hmm. So my frustrations, you know, with my body were, I felt like, you know, my middle, my stomach, my tummy was such a vulnerable place. And I, I look back now and I know I've been, I've spent years trying to shrink it, make it small, make it not soft because that's vulnerable. And so before, you know, starting the program, I slowly over time, 
over 20 years was restricting my food, exercising more and more. And I felt like, you know, I'd gotten to a place where I was kind of had control, had control over my food, had control over my, my body and, and my exercise. But I always felt, you know, I was at the point where I was exercising, you know, six times a week, a couple hours each time. And I always felt like I was fighting kind of that extra weight that my body wanted Mm -hmm. and needed. And I always knew it, my body wanted to be bigger than I was letting it be. And I felt like I was in this constant battle with my body and with my middle. And I was terrified. I was terrified of my middle showing up and I was terrified of, of the extra weight showing up. So, you know, even though I felt like I was finally in control and exercising a lot and not eating very much. And, you know, I could just feel that kind of fear of, okay, but if I ever stop, what's going to happen? If I ever stop, what's going to happen? And, you know, it pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And then I guess 2019, uh, 2018, 2019, I went through a really difficult separation and divorce. And at that point, I was compulsively exercising, but didn't realize that my stress response was to not eat. I had never really been through an intense, stressful time like a separation and divorce. And part of my grief and stress response, you know, I'd wake up nauseous, I'd go to bed nauseous, and I just couldn't really eat. Like when you're grieving and your body just yeah. kind of, you know, everybody's body does different things. And I think that's when I realized unhealthily that, oh, I could just not eat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I started dabbling with kind of intermittent fasting and just really restricting in addition to the compulsive exercising that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I was getting exhausted and my body was hurting and my hip was hurting and my shoulder was hurting. My body was wearing out, even though, you know, kind of all the things I was doing society supports. And especially if you're going through a divorce, you know, everyone has this idea of you should be this Phoenix rising and get in better shape. And so society, you know, people would say, Oh, you know, you look great. And I was thinking, I'm not eating, you know, and I'm, wearing my body out. And so I remember standing at the top of my stairs, I think it was on my on the phone with my best friend. And I said, you know, I remember having this idea, I'm exhausted. If I could just like myself, all this could stop. Mm. If I could just like my body, all this, this could stop. And so I think slowly even though I was still compulsively exercised, even though I was still fasting, I started dipping my toe into, you know, kind of an anti-diet world. I started listening to audiobooks, even though I was still doing the behaviors, I started listening to audiobooks. I started listening to podcasts. And I, you know, I think I found on YouTube, there was this video diary of someone and I can't remember what her name was, but it was a woman who just decided to stop you know, dieting and just eat normal. And she kind of chronicled her journey for like a year. And I was fascinated by it. And I remember one of the audiobooks talked about taking a break from exercise to change your relationship. And I thought, Oh, I need to do that. My body's hurting. I'm tired. I need to do that. And I was on a walk. And I had discovered your podcast. 
And I was on a walk kind of mulling over, okay, well, I need help. If I'm going to stop exercising, I realized kind of I needed community or I need help. I needed a guide. I needed tools because I was terrified and I was really afraid I wouldn't be able to take a pause without help. And so that's when I kind of looked more into your program. <laughs> and that's when I joined your program was when I was actually like really ready to get support and help just yeah. emotional support and help to stop exercising because it was terrifying. It was terrifying this idea of giving up control for some reason in that kind of way. So anyway, that that's a long answer to your question. But no, it was really good. <laughs> I, I'm so grateful you shared that. Thank you. And I'm just, uh, yeah, so sorry you had to go through so much to get to the place where you are. But you mentioned that fear of like giving up control, like how did you, how did you, how did like, like what made you make the decision to be like, okay, but I can't do this anymore. Like, was there anything where it was just like, I don't know. Like I sort of talk about how the fear of staying where you are has to be greater than the fear of letting go of control. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, so what, I, it, yeah, it was the physical pain in my body. So I yeah. was hitting a wall. So I mm -hmm. used to be a dancer, used to love dancing. And I haven't in a while. And it's been partly the pandemic stopped everything and the divorce kind of stopped everything. But also, I, my body was physically hurting so much. And I was having to manage exercising and manage my life around exercise that I really couldn't do anything else physically, anything that I really enjoyed. And I, I just knew I was like, if I don't, it was the physical pain. I it was physical hip pain, physical shoulder pain, where I just knew if I kept pushing it, you know, I may have already done some damage with chronic exercising, but I knew if I kept pushing, I was going to severely limit the next half of my life. You know, I'm kind of at a stage where I'm single. My son is about to leave for college and I'm about to, you know, be in this transition space of, okay, you know, it's my time. And I, I didn't, I was terrified of that, of injuring my body so much that that next stage of my life was going to be severely limited. Like, what if I can't start dancing again? Mm -hmm. um, wow. And I, so for me, that was, I just knew my body was telling me and it had been whispering and I wasn't listening and it was hurting so bad that I was like, okay, it's, I'm going to have to either make a change or just be determined to exercise myself into like an injury. I can't, maybe can't come back from. Yeah. That so that's, sense. yeah, that's what motivated me. I was like, wow, look what I'm doing in my body. It, it was just, it was the pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the things that helped you move forward in the program? You know, for me, one of the very first things, the closet purge was so helpful. I had a couple of closet closets full of clothes that didn't fit and clothes from an old me, the me who was married and the me who went out and, you know, I had fancy clothes from doing things and fundraisers with my ex-husband. And I hadn't been able to really face getting rid of a lot of that. And the closet purge as, and I did it a couple of times. 
But uh, that was so freeing and helpful as emotionally difficult as it was. I mean, there were several times throughout it that I would have to stop and kind of let myself cry and let myself feel the feelings. And then when it would subside, I would be like, okay, we're going to do this. And and so the closet purge was really, really helpful for me. Um, the visualizations for me, the visualizing the doppelganger who ended up looking an awful lot like my eight-year-old scared and angry self and the visualizing myself I think I want to say, was it 20 years in the future? Yeah. I remember. Future one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those things for me, also the coaching calls, extremely helpful. Just hearing other people in the same space that I was in <laughs> the constant reminder <laughs> to wear pants that fit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I remember me being like, go put on some pants. <laughs> in the middle of a coaching call. I'm like, I'm hating myself. I think I'm wearing pants that are too tight. And you were like, put on pants that fit. I was like, right now? You're like, yep, right now. I was like, okay, we're doing this. (laughs) And honestly, as little as that seems, that's been so helpful. You know, I, you know, the feeling of tightness around my middle has always been a bit triggering to me, but I never connected, or at least as I was going through this process of, you know, changing my relationship with my body and putting on the weight that she wanted to put on. And then my tight pants were really triggering self-hatred that it was from long time ago, but I didn't really connect it. And, and putting on pants that are comfortable is huge, like huge. And no one ever said that to me before. Well, put on pants that are comfortable. And I'll also say the other thing that was so helpful about your program was the intersectional feminism, because you know, when I came into the program, I was feeling a lot of frustration and anger about a lot of things, but also about kind of the societal pressure that's put on. And I think anyone after a divorce, but I think also that it's put on women um, after a divorce to be this sort of, you know, you need to lose weight. You need to get in shape. You need to be this Phoenix rising. And I was feeling a lot of anger about that pressure. It didn't feel fair to me. And, you know, I, so I came and I've always considered myself, you know, a, a strong woman and a feminist and honestly, the intersectional feminism and the allowing of anger towards society and these ideas of our value being based on how fuckable we are, you know, like I found myself feeling so angry about that, especially because I was starting to dip into dating apps and thinking about dating again. And I could feel all of that. And I love that your program gave permission to that part of it. Like, I think that was really helpful too. Because as I've gone through grief, and I've done some read some books and audiobooks about grief, you know, the ones I tend to feel an affinity towards are the ones that kind of allow the difficult emotions, you know, that view anger as a fierce form of self-protection. And so I think the fact that your program embraced that as well was just really refreshing. Like it wasn't just about touchy feely, loving your body. It was also allowed to be about anger And not just towards ourselves, but towards the systems that put this pressure on us to look a certain way and live a certain way and unhealthy ways. So Mm -hmm. that, I think, for me, 
was so huge as well. I just, that was refreshing and much needed. So, yeah. Oh, I appreciate all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so what are some of the specific things you've noticed about how you feel like since doing, since doing the program or from when you, from where you were like, you know, a few months ago and so intense with the, you know, the exercise and restriction. Well, strangely, you know, I've been able to, so I found myself recently, recently. So it's still a work in progress. It's not like, you know, I did the program for five weeks or however long it is and 10 weeks and then suddenly everything's better. It's been a long kind of messy process, but you know, strangely lately, I've been feeling really, really just neutral in my body. And and that's amazing. And this neutral relationship with movement too. Like when I feel like exercising because my body wants to feel good, you know, and wants to listen to music and wants to move, I do it. If I'm busy, you know, with my kid and we're doing stuff and it's a busy day, a couple days, week, and I can't get to it, I don't freak out. Like I have this really kind of much more neutral relationship with it. And I'm just really, really grateful for that. And I've even had moments. So I, I think I had told you I was going to see family in Florida and I had to, you know, get a bathing suit for the first time since I started this whole process. And, you know, I did and I wore it and my brother was there and my mom and my stepdad were there. And I just put the bathing suit on and we went out on the boat and had a good day. And it didn't, I didn't really think about I mean it maybe crossed my mind of like oh I wonder how I look but eh I'm enjoying this you know I I wasn't obsessed with how I might look I was more focused on how I felt in the moment I've had moments I've had difficult moments still standing in front of a mirror but I've also had moments in front of a mirror where I've been like oh this is me and I might even think she's beautiful even with extra weight even in a larger body and it's funny, this week I was, since it's the season, uh, trying on Halloween costumes. And there was a moment I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do for Halloween because it's a big deal. We give out candy all dressed up. And I was like, oh, I might even feel sexy. Like, and that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, like, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I would have said, I don't know that I felt that way. Mm-hmm. in my own skin even since starting this and I think I started with you I want to say January it's been almost a year maybe and so most of the time I'm not thinking too much about it which is a relief and there are moments where I even feel good in my skin and or accepting of who I am in my skin which is wonderful and then there, you know there's still hard days too but I have mantras that I use to get through the hard days, or I know it'll pass, or I'm just in a much more comfortable, less frantically trying to control space than I was a year ago. Yeah. That's incredible. Really? Like, you know, because you you're talking about being pretty extreme before we started working together. And so to get where you are now, like, that's really incredible. I hope you're so proud of, of it. Cause I just think that it's like, it's amazing. And it's just such an inspiration to others who are, to our listening that it just, it really is possible to, you know, loosen those reins and, and feel more comfortable. And no, it's not perfect, but it's, you know, it's 
a hell of a lot better <laughs> than the than where um than where you were before. So how does all that feel for you? It you know, it's funny. I think I I said this previously, but when you know you first talked to me about, you know, sharing my story, I was like, no way. I'm hardly anywhere. I'm still in the messy middle of all this. Like what can <laughs> I share? But then as I, you know, thought about it and thought about my journey and thought about where I am. Honestly, it's only in the past few days that I've really been kind of sitting with it that I'm like, Oh, wow, I really am in a different place. When you're in it, you don't feel sometimes it's easy to feel like you're the same person you were a year ago. Because the change is so incremental. And so kind of, you know, we have this idea that change happens in this, you know, epiphanal you know, trumpets blaring moment. And that's not really how change happens. It's like the everyday little tiny moves we make in a direction. And then a year later, you look back and go, Oh, wait, you know, so it's like, I didn't realize I was in a really different place. I mean, I realized I was more comfortable in a bathing suit. And I realized certain moments, but I don't know if I looked back and really realized it until the last few days. It's hard for me to say I'm proud of myself just because that's hard for me to say because I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so hard on myself, but I'm glad I'm in a different place than mm-hmm. I was a year ago. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you articulated the way the change happens really well because I think it's like you don't notice how things have changed until you really sit down and reflect and be like, Oh, I don't do that anymore. Or that doesn't happen that way anymore. This feels different now. But when we're just sort of on the treadmill of life moving forward, you don't always notice these little shifts that happen until they've maybe been gone for a while. And you, and you really reflect and look back. Yeah. And you know, now that I think about it, kids are a wonderful reflection of what kind of change and progress you've made. Um, Because they will tell you, you know, we were in the car and I was actually talking about doing this interview and my son, who is in a larger body, we have really kind of been on this journey together of pushing back against, you know, diet culture. And he said to me, in the car, he's like, yeah, mom, you weren't eating. You were not in a healthy space. And he's mm. noticed the change. Like he's wow. noticed I'm in a better space. And, you know, and we're doing it together. And in fact, he goes to a trainer because his goal is to get stronger, not so much to be smaller. And he, one of the trainers, you know, said something to him that was very uncomfortable. And because of us going through this process together, he was able to push back and push back against kind of these gendered stereotypes of what being strong looks like. And, you know, the next week he went to his trainer and the trainer apologized and said he was wrong. You know, so we're, yeah. So we're kind of doing this together. And so he's reflected to me that I'm in a different space than I was. And I hadn't realized he had noticed and was worried about where I was. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's no, pretty meaningful to hear that from your yeah. child, like just that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's so lucky to have you. I think I've said that to you oh. before. <laughs> so oh, you're going to make me cry on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see. <laughs> um, so 
what's one piece of advice you'd give to other people going through a similar experience? I would say, you know, even though you're in a program, go at your own pace, go in your own way, allow your own time for the seeds of all this stuff to really kind of sink in. And even though there's these tools and these modules, you know, I would want people to really feel empowered to do this in a way that is unique to you and your situation and your life and be gentle with yourself about that. I mean, I know for me, I tend towards being very type A and controlling and just of myself, you know, and how I do things and very hard on myself. And one thing I've really, that's really helped is to give myself permission to be patient and let these things work in the time that my body and my system needs them to work. And that may be different than the person sitting next to you or on the Zoom call next to you. And that's okay. And just trust that, you know, all the things you're learning and all the things you're hearing are, they're sinking in and they're in there. And, you know, when you're ready, those things will come to fruition, but only when you're ready. And so I think, you know, learning to trust yourself, I, you know, I have these mantras that I use when it gets messy and when I have a bad day. And one of them is I trust myself, my timing and my body. And I think that's, you know, allow yourself to be uniquely you as you do this process. You don't have to be anyone else while you do this. That's what I would offer. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to say or share before we wrap things up here? No, I mean, honestly, I am so grateful I'm so grateful for this process. I'm so grateful for the modules. I'm so grateful for this, even just this, this, you know, thinking about these questions and thinking about my journey is a huge gift. And, you know, I, that sharing that might help someone else is really, really a gift in this process too. So no, I I, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for, you know, your fierceness about it that's really helpful. And, you know, the intersectional feminism, wonderful piece. I'm just so grateful for that. Um, Mm. So I'm just, no, I'm thankful for this. And I'm, and I just want to encourage everybody that you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Even if you don't feel like you're doing it, you are, you really Mm. are. Yeah. Amazing. April, it's been such a pleasure. I, I just, always really treasured our conversations and supporting you through this. And I'm just so lucky I got to be your coach in this, in this process. And you're just, you were always so supportive of everyone else as well. And yeah, I just really appreciated having you in, in the group and, and appreciate you sharing your story here today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed hearing April's story as much as I did. If you want to hear more episodes like this, you can find episode 134, 164, 176, and episode 212. There's also, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you just Google somewhere in and in YouTube, I'm sure you can find it there. I think I actually, I think it's linked in every blog post for <laughs> these podcast episodes, but you can watch all the video versions of these interviews as well. There's, there's so many of them there. I think there's at least over 30 from the people that I've, interviewed over the years who've done the program. I've been running you on fire for over seven years. And like, I just, I love it. I love the people in it. 
it just brings me so much joy to hear, to, to walk beside them, to coach them, to stay in touch with them and hear where they are years later. It's, it's just such an incredible experience. If you want to learn more about it, go to summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'm so grateful for April to share the, for being here to share her story. She's an incredible human. And I'm just so grateful that she's in such a different place than she was a year ago. And she was always an awesome participant in the program. So it was such a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so glad that you were here. You can get the transcript or the other show notes for this episode. You can see the previous week's episode with Starlet at summerinandin.com forward slash 246. Thank you again for being here today. I will talk to you again soon. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanin. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.